0: Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the latest in science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Charlotte Bastianza, Associate Editor. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this podcast. I am joined today by Richard Clark, who is the owner and managing director at Ingredient Communications. Thanks for joining me today, Richard. Hello, Charlie. So today we are talking about the different demands between the younger and older consumers as reflected by some recent survey results. Um, Now, Richard, your company typically represents some of the world's leading ingredient brands operating in the nutraceutical and the nutrition industry. And you commissioned some research uh, towards the end of 2020 to learn a bit more about the interests of these different population groups. And my guess is, you know, you wanted to gain a bit of insight into where brands and Consequently, ingredient manufacturers should be focusing their efforts. Uh, What drew you to this research area?
1: Yeah, so we're a PR agency that specializes in ingredients, as our name suggests, ingredient communications. And uh, really part of that focus is keeping on top of the latest trends so that when we Uh, talk to our clients about their uh, communicating their messages, then um, we're really um, well schooled in what's happening in the markets. uh, And and we can contribute to the conversation rather than just being very passive about it. Um, In terms of this research, uh, we were really interested to see what was happening in terms of uh, different generations. We're seeing Generation Z now uh, coming into its own. These are consumers aged around 18 to 25. Which means they've they've reached adulthood. Some of them are well into adulthood, and they're starting to make their own decisions about the food and beverage products they buy. And we wanted to see uh, what that looked like, and also to be able to compare it to the famous boomers uh, to see whether there was a big contrast between how these new uh, this new tribe of younger consumers uh, how they viewed the world compared with these uh, older, more established consumers. And we we found some pretty uh, interesting things out. Perhaps uh, it wasn't surprising really that there were some big differences between the generations, but I think it offers some uh, excellent signposting for brands who want to try to target their offer.
0: That's great, Richard. I think um, there's never been a time where the needs of these different demographic groups have been so different. Um, uh, certainly even interesting to see how the older populations have evolved in their needs and desires. So, Richard, looking at the study that you guys conducted, what were the, the key findings of the survey group? And you know, what does this reflect of the different consumer group demands now?
1: Well, we weren't sure what we would find exactly. Um, but one of the most uh, stark contrasts was in terms of what you might call ethical consumption. Um, we found that, um, for example, uh, around a third of the Generation Z respondents considered it very important that a product was made in a sustainable way, um, which was almost double the number of respondents aged 65 and over who said the same thing. It was it was 18 percent. So we're seeing a a, a big difference there in terms of how important younger consumers view sustainability to be. Uh, We saw a similar contrast. um, In fact, I think even even bigger, really, in terms of vegan and vegetarianism. So, for example, 38% of 18 to 24-year-olds said they found vegetarian claims on products to be very appealing. And 33% felt the same way about vegan claims. But only 6% of respondents aged 65 or over said they found vegetarian claims very appealing. And only 3% said the same about vegan claims. So an even bigger difference there between their outlooks.
0: It's certainly an evolution. And I think we are seeing very consistent data and um, survey responses worldwide when it comes to how younger generations are approaching the issues of, I think, personal health and uh, obviously concern for the future environment and all of the issues that we are facing with climate change. So I don't think it's surprising that they are finding themselves very drawn to products that are clean and vegan. Um, Why do you think younger generations are more inclined towards plant-based and vegan, whereas older groups are still not?
1: I think that uh, ethical issues always shift between the generations. I mean, in my lifetime, I've seen um, smoking in, in public places and restaurants and in pubs go from uh, being completely acceptable uh, to being completely unacceptable, even illegal. Uh, This is in in the UK and and in other countries too. We've also seen big shifts in attitudes uh, towards issues such as racism, and sexism, and they, you know, they haven't gone away. But people are much, much more aware of them now, and uh, rightly, they are um, frowned upon by by right-minded people, and in particular, the young, who, uh, you know, are very, very conscious of uh, of, of these issues. And I, we're seeing the same thing now, I believe, in terms of consumption, so of food and beverage products. So the veganism and vegetarianism really speaks to that, uh, because there are now big concerns about animal welfare, about intensive farming, uh, and about what that means for the planet, uh, but also what that means for health uh, and our own, our own well-being. So it doesn't surprise me that we're seeing uh, big shifts between generations. And I think one of those big shifts is around veganism and vegetarianism. And, and another element of this is that it's pretty cool, actually, to be a vegan. Now, when again, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, vegans were seen as, let's be frank, they were seen as weirdos. Uh, you, you know, they were typically the sort of people that lived on the fringes of society. Um, they were not, was not the norm. But nowadays, um, to be vegan is completely normal. Many leading athletes, uh, actors, um, and other, um, you know, high achievers, elite elite performers are, are vegans or, or vegetarians. And mm-hmm you know clearly there's been a major shift now so that uh, yes it's it's mainstream it's not just mainstream now it's it's something that's, uh that's um really quite cool another element is that it's much much easier to be a vegan or a vegetarian nowadays of course it's it's a bit chicken and egg which came first the uh the desire to change or or the demand but in, whatever whatever the truth there is Um, You go into a supermarket now and there are so many vegetarian and plant-based options that you can quite easily eat Vegan or vegetarian, 100% of the time. I know that because I'm a vegetarian myself, and uh, I, since I gave up meat around three years ago, I've literally never looked back. Um, but I remember what it was like when you were, uh, if you know, I knew vegetarians when I was a teenager, um, in the in the 80s and the 90s, and uh, it was really difficult for them to be vegetarian. You know, it was hard to find. Good products. Um, that's completely changed. So it's much easier. Uh, it's cooler, and uh, younger people are much more conscious of the impact of uh, the food and beverage supply chain on the planet and our lives.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're absolutely aware of that, and as well as the the health benefit for sure. Um, even just minimising meat intake, I think uh, people t- definitely do see the difference in that. And I, as you highlighted, uh, the the amount of options people have now makes it a very doable lifestyle change. So I don't think it's surprising that we're seeing so many more people moving towards plant-based and veganism, and even flexi- flexitarians amongst some of the older adults looking to incorporate a little, little bit of that. Um, but something that's always interesting to me, Richard, and um, you know, there's, there's not enough data out there to sort of draw any conclusive assumptions here, but um, these products that are being manufactured that are ethically ethically sourced, um, healthier for you, GMO-free, organic, plant-based. Um, these products are really being manufactured at the highest of standards, which means a lot of them are bearing quite premium prices in comparison to their meat or alternative counterparts. And I think we are always seeing consumers indicating that they do have a willingness to pay for for products of this nature. Um, and there isn't enough data out there right now, but my curiosity is always, you know, will we see um, consumers actually committing to those purchases when it does come down to price discrepancies? What are your thoughts there? It's a it's a good point you make there, but I
1: think um, what I would do is look historically at some of the other shifts that have taken place in the market over the years. Um, one of those is fair trade, for example, which has been an extremely successful um initiative that that is really based on the on the simple idea that you do pay more for a product and therefore you help the communities producing the raw materials that's been so successful we've seen some major brands even launch their own fair trade schemes Um, and i think if we look in the eggs category um, nowadays if you go into a supermarket in the uk it's pretty difficult to find um eggs from caged hens um You know, many supermarkets some years ago now made the decision to actually stop selling eggs from cage tens and they only sell free range eggs and free range eggs tend to cost more to produce. Consumers clearly are the most influential factor in these decisions. So the supermarkets obviously believed that people were willing to pay more for free range eggs for the for the um, the good feeling it gave them to do that. So I think there's really good evidence there. Um, historically that people will pay more if they consider that something adds value and I think that um, plant-based products that are really high quality and taste good and in many cases replicate what meat offers or the eating experience that meat offers will be valued extremely highly by vegans and vegetarians to the extent that yes they they will be willing to pay more for those
0: Mm, I agree with you. So, Richard, it's clear that these younger and older consumer groups have got different priorities, um, and therefore they've got different demands for the market. I think the research that you commissioned really does reflect that. But of course, I think the brands are wanting as broad a market reach as possible, and I'm I'm sure many of them are looking to target younger as well as older consumers. What do the survey takeaways? mean for brands and manufacturers and where in terms of where people should be focusing their future efforts if they are looking to have as deep market penetration as possible?
1: So I would say that um, although obviously the younger people offer a very attractive market and uh, shouldn't should certainly shouldn't be ignored uh, I think brands and manufacturers have to ask themselves why older consumers uh, are turned off by vegetarian and, and vegan products uh, as as the results of our survey suggest. Now, um, clearly, this is not particularly scientific, what I'm about to say, but uh, it is certainly true that many of these uh, plant based products, which are which are fantastic and I eat lots of them, uh, tend to be quite um, trendy uh, and cool and very, very much appeal to, to a younger consumer. Not, not that I'm classing myself as a younger consumer, but, <laughs> but you get my point. And it's possible that some of the older consumers, um, you know, those perhaps age 65 or over, f- feel somewhat alienated by that style of product, or they find it a bit brash, or maybe they find it confusing. So perhaps plant-based brands need to have a look at how they market products and think about whether they could produce products And packaging uh, and positionings that will appear appeal more to older consumers. So it could well be that they are actually quite receptive to um, these kinds of products, but they just they're turned off by the products that are on offer in the market at the moment. That's an example, I think, of where uh, of where brands might look uh, at that. I think the other thing to just more generally uh, across ranges, it's uh, you know I think that consumers are becoming uh, more distinct in the way they think, or perhaps it's just that we understand better uh, how fragmented they are. You know, perhaps, they, perhaps consumers were always fragmented in terms of their worldviews, but we just didn't realise how fragmented they were. And I think that any manufacturer who wants to try to appeal to uh, as many consumers as possible should consider whether they will need to tailor their offerings so that they have different products for, for different age groups. Now, um, I appreciate that's easier to say than it is to do. But I think it's certainly when, when the data is telling you that a large number of consumers don't like a certain type of product or they don't find it appealing, then um, it may not be the consumers that are the problem. It, it could be that the products that they that would draw them into that market
0: mm.
1: problem, although they're not there in, in effect.
0: Absolutely. I, I think it's got a lot to do with positioning, as you highlighted, Richard, and thank you so much for, for sharing your, your findings from the survey and what you feel this means for brands and manufacturers in terms of future market opportunities. Um, it's been such a pleasure to have you on this podcast, but for any of the brands or ingredient manufacturers who are listening, where can they head to find out any more information relating to the survey as well as anything else um, Ingredients Communications has delivered um, to help product developers with their future markets.
1: Yeah, our our, uh, URL uh, for our website is uh, ingredientscommunications.com. Simple as that, you'll find uh, lots of information about what we do and uh, how to get in touch. And I would really love to hear from people and uh, hear, hear about their experiences and their opinions too. Thank you for
0: having me. Absolutely, Richard. Thanks so much.